Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Andre's Podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. I'd like to thank Buzzsprout for distributing my podcast to all the three or four people out there listening. I'd like to thank uh, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts for having my podcast on their platforms. Um, I'd like to thank all the people out there who are listening. Not very few, but so that, uh, this is a little uh, way for me to speak my mind, as uh, some of you have never heard of me before. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. I am from uh, the, the Great Lakes State. Uh, uh, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a Detroit Tiger fan and a Red Wings and the Pistons and Detroit Lions, of course. So I'm a home, I'm a home uh, state fan. So this is kind of what I do. I, I started this podcast to, uh, to uh, create a podcast of people like me with a disability or some form of disability. Um, I've been trying to focus on a genre that I am very comfortable with talking about. Uh, I wanted to make a platform so that other people with disabilities have a platform to speak their minds or have questions or have anything uh, answered based on my experience. But I've noticed that it's very difficult to to talk about something over and over again when you don't have guests at a regular basis about their disability or about their situation, about their life struggles. So I have to kind of branch out to everything but politics, a political uh, genres, a political leaders, uh, uh, anything that fulfills my mindset or fulfills my thoughts and ideas from. But today I'm going to talk about the PGA Tour. I'm going to talk about a little bit of baseball, a little bit of the Live Golf League and the PGA Golf and how in um it's a, it's a very good week to talk about sports. For well, it's a very good day for me to talk about sports. Of course, I like to say one of the reasons why I like to talk about it right now is because uh Brooke Kopka, he he won me $110 because I picked him to win it all on Thursday morning before the golf, before the PGA Championship started. So for some reason, I don't know why I picked him. I don't know why. I I just had a feeling about him that he could win it. I I know that he was injured a couple of years ago. His, he had knee problems. And, you know, he looks and he seems very healthy. He... Uh, he said that his knees feel great, and I've just kind of went with it, and and there he is. He won nine. Uh, he won the tournament shooting nine under. He uh, was two under for the day. He uh, just played very consistent. Uh, if it wasn't for Victor Hoffman, uh, misfortunes. On the 16th hole, when he hit the ball into the bunker, and then he hit his second shot, and it kind of came out of the bunker, but it didn't quite. Um, it, it it was kind of trapped in the side of the bunker, so it wasn't in sand, but it wasn't, but it was on the side of the grass. So he had to get relief from that shot. But if, if it wasn't for that shot, they could have been shooting a going for a tiebreaker or shooting another hole but Victor Ho- Victor Holland 
excuse me, Hofflin, is one of my favorite new golfers in the league. He's very consistent. He's very well balanced. I feel like he is getting closer and closer to winning a major. Uh, but I feel bad for the kid. Uh, you know, Brooke just put everything together at the right time. He uh, he bogeyed. I think he bogeyed the 17th hole. So that was a little error of. I think he was just the momentum of having a, such a big lead. Um, he probably just um made a bad shot or shot off the tee and he was just anticipating more speed through his swing and he opened his club up a little bit and the ball sliced. But everything else he he parted the end of the he 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 parted and he the eighteenth hole and I can't say much more about him. I think he's a well deserved uh player. Of course as many of you guys know, he's part of the Live Golf League. Uh, he joined them last year when he said he wasn't going to. There's a little controversy about that. Um, so I don't really want to get into it for for reasons that it would just get to a deep, dark place, and I really don't want to get there because of what's going on with Saudi Arabia and all that stuff. But... But I do think that the PGA Tour needed excitement and needed uh, a new energy. And in this new energy that that fulfilled the, uh, the wave of the TV sets and at the golf course at, at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York, is a guy by the name of Michael Black. And it seems though as Michael Black qualified into the tournament by by tying in second place at the PGA Professional Championship. So I think it's for anybody that's not a pro, but it's not an amateur. And what they do is they, they play to play into the PGA Championship. And I'm sure they do this for the Masters and the other tournaments, all the, 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 the British Open. Um, I'm sure they do that same thing. But it's very... It's a very amazing story about this 46-year-old man who is a pro golf uh, teacher at, at at his local California golf course. Again, if you don't know, I stutter sometimes, so this is a platform for people with a disability. So saying that, I'm very... It was amazing. It was amazing by Michael Block. He he was a phenomenal. He had phenomenal energy. He was very grateful. Uh, his best shot of the day was on the the fifteenth hole when he aced it or hole in one, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like he didn't even know it went in. And he asked Rory McIlroy, and he golfed with Rory that day. And I know it probably was such a, a guy-gifted thing to play with one of the greatest or up to be the greatest golfers of all time. And he aced the 15th hole. He qualified by par in the 18th hole. It was a great, great story. I think, I think golf needs that. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they didn't talk about Tiger Woods. They didn't talk about... When Tiger Woods was coming back, or when he's not coming back, or his injury, or if he's cut recovering, because 
I'm going to tell you the truth. There's life after Tiger Woods. There was life before Tiger Woods. And I'm going to tell you the truth, folks. I think I think for Tiger Woods to take time off, and I, look, I'm doing this right now. I'm talking about Tiger Woods. And I'm so happy the PGA Tour did not talk about him. But I really do want to address this about about uh, athletes and people who who are very much struggling about their uh, their inner demons. And I really do. I mean, I really do think it, I'm so happy that Tiger Woods is getting himself in better shape. I'm I'm very happy that Tiger Woods uh, is trying to to get back in the golf tour of the PGA tour and and you know what I'm going to tell you this I think a lot of people need to understand that when you got someone like him who's struggling I don't think it's good to to enable him to come back when he's not ready uh mentally or physically but we have Michael Block and we have Michael Block to thank for filling that space filling that excitement the fans were awesome the fans were into it. Everyone was into it. Uh, they probably took a lot away from Brooke Kopka, uh winning his third PGA Championship and his fifth math, his fifth major. So they he did take a lot away from that energy from Brooke. But sports is about the underdog. The underdog is always the biggest way of appreciating the people or the person or the team that is not supposed to be the champions, who are not supposed to be on top. And Michael Black is a good example of that. He he just really, really is. So I, I like to thank Michael, Michael Black for making the PGA Tour exciting because you know why? I probably would have never watched the PGA Championship if I didn't pick Brooke Kupka to win it, or if Michael Black wasn't shooting it well and it was a rainy and drizzling day from Thursday to Saturday, it didn't. It started to clear up on Saturday evening after most of the golfers were uh, done shooting the holes. But if it wasn't for Michael Black, I don't think I would have been watching the PGA Tour. If Kupka or Scotty Scheffler was leading i mean i don't i i think people are just getting bored with golf in some ways and you know when you got michael block and you got victor hofflin who is an a a a, a up-and-comer uh pro who's getting closer and closer i mean that's new energy new energy is awesome for the game uh do I think the PGA Tour should go into a, a player team setup? Maybe, maybe not. I do think that they probably need to go to different golf courses. I think I know they have this long-lasting contracts with all these golf courses who sponsor them, who bring them all these players to come there to play at those golf courses. But I really do think the PGA Tour really should... Uh, Open, open their horizons a little bit. Go to different golf courses, even golf courses in Australia or Germany or Japan or Mexico or anywhere that's around the world that has beautiful golf courses. Does it hurt the PGA Tour to not have their fans there? 
maybe. But it probably will make it more of an international sport for other players to want to watch the PGA Tour or want to participate in the PGA Tour. I really do. I really do think so. I really think that the PGA Tour could take a lesson from Live Golf League, let the guys play in shorts in some tournaments. Now, maybe not the majors where you want to be real representations and you want to in your top outfits and all that because that's what the majors are for. Majors are for to, to bring in the best players around the world. I would love to see a golf course in, in Australia or a very unique golf course in Japan or anywhere around the world. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. And you know what? The PGA Tour could allow two people in America or a couple people in America to win tickets to a tournament overseas. I really do. I mean, not just the British Open. I mean, the Brit or the or or uh, uh, the Scotland Open. I think it's called. There's a tournament before before the before the British Open. But that it'd be a great way to be an ambassador to the PGA Tour. You know. So I am so happy for for Brooke Kopka for winning it all. Uh, he's third players championship, fifth major, uh, Victor Hoffman. Uh, you're getting closer and closer. I hope you win one. I like, I always like the underdogs. Uh, and then of course, Scott, Scotty Scheffler, he was making a comeback. He was a little bit too short. Um, he did miss a lot of putts. I, I've heard by, uh, or I, well, I watched it too, but he did he did miss a lot of uh, birdie putts, and he didn't seem. I think the weather really got to him, but when it cleared up, he played a lot better. Everyone played a lot better, but saying that, it was awesome. It was fun. I'm hoping that the PGA Tour takes lessons from this. Uh, Maybe there's a better way of qualifying players who are not so good every day and every day out to allow them to 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 join the league. Um, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome for the PGA Tour. Um, other news, the NBA playoffs. We got the Celtics versus the Miami Heat. We got Jimmy Butler. He's a beast on the court. It seems like no one can stop him. Um, Jason Tatum and the Celtics look a little off-key. I don't think they could put anybody on Butler to stop him. I don't think Butler can be stopped unless he stops himself. Uh, The Lakers are looking horrible like usual. I don't know why they're in the playoffs. I get kind of sick of watching this. Hoo-ha stuff about LeBron James. I think they kind of made it easier for them to make the playoffs. Not get into into any controversies or anything like that. But if you if you uh if you're the NBA and you you make certain calls so certain teams make the playoffs, you know. Anthony Davis is a great player for the Lakers. But I think Anthony sometimes plays like he's small. Anthony Davis plays like he is 
5'11 instead of 6'6 or whatever how high he is. I really do. And I don't understand why he plays like a small person or a small position. You're not a shooting guard. You're not a a small forward. You're you are technically a center. So play like a center. Play like play like you want them to try to cover you. Okay. Now I think I think one of the biggest problems with the Lakers is that they gotta cover Jovic. And Jovic is an awesome passer. He's just not. A guy that can shoot three-pointers or make a couple moves inside or spin moves and shoots over a couple guys in the in the paint, he can pass. Do I think they pass a little bit too much? I do. I do. Do I think they they let the Lakers come back in game three? Yes. Yes, I think they did. I think if I was the, the Nuggets, I would not even hesitate to to go full 120 miles an hour and demolish the Lakers. Now, the Lakers really need to do one thing. They really need to slow the game down a little bit. They need to slow down Jovic, and they need to slow down the Nuggets. By doing that, you have to call plays. Uh, I I really do think that one of the biggest problems with the Lakers is that they have a lot of players who are not who are, who are hypothetically in the same position. You got Davis who plays like a power forward and who acts like a power forward. You got LeBron James playing as a power forward. You got the point guards that don't want to shoot when they should or the point guards. Do you know what I see about these guards for the Lakers? They keep taking three-pointers that they can't even make. So if I was a head coach of the Lakers, what do you tell your players to do that are not hitting three-pointers? Take a couple steps in. If you want to dribble the ball, so if you're at the three-point line or the corner of the three-point line, and you know that you missed the first two, you dribble, take a couple steps up, and then you shoot, you get two points. I think there's a lot of possessions in the NBA, especially with the Lakers, there are misfortune. I think they're one and done when it comes down to passing the ball, uh, throwing to the corner to the to the point guard or whoever is a shooting guard. Again, when I say this, everyone is like six six, six seven, even six four, and all these players play the same position. And I think this is why the NBA is getting weaker and weaker because. Not everyone can shoot like Steph Curry. You can't shoot like Steph Curry and don't take three-pointers. You're not supposed to be like Steph Curry. The same thing about if you're not like Michael Jordan, don't act like Michael Jordan. Don't pretend to be like Dr. J, LeBron. Well, I'm going to say this. Of all the players out there, LeBron James does not remind me of Max Johnson. I know everyone says that. He does. He does. He passes like Magic. No. No one passed the ball like Magic Johnson with his eyes looking away, his hands going the other way. He, he's flashy and all that. You know who he reminds me of? More like Dr. J. Goes to the hole, passes the ball. He can shoot from the outside. 
Is he a better shooter from the outside from than Dr. J? Yes. But he's much more of a like he's much more of a power forward than Magic was ever or could be, even though Magic was six nine. So Magic Johnson was a point guard that that could play all five positions because he's such he was such a massive man for his at that era. So everyone in the NBA is basically they're built to be like Magic Johnson without the skills of Magic Johnson. Magic didn't have a, the best shooting, but he could shoot the ball sometimes. But they can't pass the ball. What what they can't do is they don't see the court vision like Magic Johnson did. So when you have a lot of these players who are technically power forwards who are as big as Magic Johnson, but Magic Johnson's a shooting guard, a point guard, they just don't have his skills to see the floor. Or they don't have that charisma to do the to do a post up move or even to uh shoot a a, a hook shot like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So I think the Nuggets are gonna win. I think they're gonna go four and all. I think that people are picking the Nuggets to go all the way. I think Jovic deserves it. I think that Butler deserves it for the Miami Heat. Uh, I I think that the NBA really wanted to have the Celtics and the Lakers in the NBA Finals, but everyone everyone was kind of picking those teams to win it or to be in the NBA Finals. Why? Because they're tied with 17 championships. But either of these teams have that era of flash or that era of competition between the Celtics and the Lakers or the Larry Bird against Magic Johnson. They don't have that feel. Or they don't have that feel of that, of that even with Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, you know, God bless his soul, spoke five different languages, wrote a children's book, uh, won multiple championships. Uh, by what I heard, he was a decent guy. He did have that little hiccup in 2006 or four of his uh, controversy of his private life. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I'm not going to dog a, di- a dog a guy that has died. He cannot defend himself when he's dead. So I'm not going to get into it. But the Lakers are not the Lakers, and the Celtics are not the Celtics. Do I think LeBron's done? I don't think LeBron's ever going to be done because he's such a massive guy. He's a guy that keeps putting himself in shape. He is not that slow. I think he's a bit lazy. But I really think that if the NBA really wanted LeBron James to to play hard every single game, I maybe hypothetically the game wouldn't even be fair. So excuse me while I was taking my drink. So I really do think that the NBA is kind of pulling for the Lakers and Celtics. But I think this new era with the Nuggets and the and and the Miami Heat, you know, it's gonna bring a lot of energy. You got Mike like, like you got Jimmy Butler with so much energy, his backstory, uh, 
grew up in Houston. Uh, his mom uh, had him out of wedlock. His dad leaves him. Uh, child support comes in up to 13. He gets kicked out of the house at 14. He he gets semi-adopted by a family. He goes to Marquette. He 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 enters the NBA and he plays like a champion and plays with a lot of great energy. Uh he seems one thing about my, uh, about Jimmy Butler what I like about him is that he can shoot the ball in within Five feet away from from the basket to twenty seven feet away from the basket, so he's not one dimensional player. He doesn't doesn't shoot three pointers, or he doesn't just drive to the basket and get fouled. He can create his own shots. So I do like that about Mike about Jimmy Butler. I won't call him Mike, I want to call him Michael Butler, but I'm not. I can't do that because no one really knows who his dad really is. So, but I think Jimmy. Jimmy is a phenomenal player. I like his energy. I like his aggressiveness. I like his uh, st- stability on the court. He doesn't. He doesn't ever seem to play out of control. Uh, Westbrook plays out of control. Uh, cl- uh, with the Clippers or with the with the uh, with the Thunder, he just always plays out of control. I think that's one thing about the sim. There's a similarity and differential between Mike by between Jimmy Butler and Russell and Russell Westbrook. They're very similar players, but one plays in control and one plays out of control. One is over emotionally wrecked on the court, and one is emotionally wrecked off the court. So what I'm saying is that Jimmy Butler is in control mentally and physically on the court and he's got a lot of stuff going off off the court but that's his private life russell westbrook he's got a lot of stuff going on the court he is emotionally imbalanced on the court he's sometimes way too aggressive or sometimes just doesn't focus and it can hurt his game and when he's off the court, he seems like a laid-back kind of guy. He's like, hey, man, I just want to hang out and be cool. I'll go, okay, well, that'd be awesome. But the NBA is trying to make a comeback. It's going to take them a long ways to make a comeback. They're never going to fulfill that, uh, that era, the Michael Jordan era. And I think, to be honest with you, when they focus on one person, one image of one person that hurt the NBA. So, for example, <clears throat> in the 1970s, it was Dr. J, but there's also Wilt Chamberlain, and there was also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and those getting Oscar Robinson in the in the late 60s. So, you get all these guys, all these different players. And what the NBA didn't do, or what they couldn't do back then, they couldn't focus on one player. So they focus on four or five different players. Now, of course, the Celtics won 11 out of the 13 championships with, with Bill Russell. But it seems as though they, they didn't focus on one guy. So by the 70s, they had a guy named Dr. J, Julius Irving. But Julius Irving was a cool cat. 
So he came from Maryland. He he uh he gets drafted in the A B in the ABA. He gets redrafted to the to the Nets, I think. No, I'm sorry, he gets redrafted to the seventy sixers. But you get in this new era, the big guy with an afro has a cool, smooth way of dunking the ball. Uh, just a mellow type of guy. And then the NBA had a really dark side of it. The NBA had a lot of drugs and cocaine and a lot of these athletes that didn't care because the NBA wasn't built for the fans. It was built for the ownerships to make money off fans that would want to watch these guys play. But because of the television contracts weren't so big back then, none of the players were really making great money. Okay? So, so what saved the NBA was two guys. It was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You get these two guys that are coming out of college, coming out of the NCAA March Madness Tournament, before the March Madness Tournament became a huge uh, era. It was a a pre-era episode. So you get Larry Bird and Matt Johnson, and they both are elite players, elite athletes. One's white and one's black. So this this inner thing between Larry Bird and Matt Johnson, they want to make them arch rivals, and they are beyond the two of the greatest organizations the NBA had, and then they between those two teams, they between Larry Bird and Magic, I think they all, I think they have about eight championships, eight NBA Finals championships. I think Magic has five and Bird has three, but that's basically what saved the NBA. Those two guys, and then the biggest boo boo of the whole world. I don't know why I say boo boo, but probably because I'm not going to swear. But the biggest issue about the NBA is that they got stuck with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could do things that no one could ever do. Fly. This guy could fly. This is why we don't think Larry... This is why we don't think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. Because LeBron James cannot fly. Michael Jordan, when he was younger, he could jump from one side of the free throw line in the air and go underneath the basket and shoot the ball backwards and make the ball in the basket. He basically did what Julius Irving did to the Lakers in the NBA Finals in 1983. And Magic Johnson even said that was probably the greatest player that he's ever seen. So you have Julius Irving flying there, and then you have Michael Jordan doing the same thing. Well, this is the thing about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could do it multiple times. He didn't just do it once, and once it was over, like, oh, that's great. No, Michael did that a lot of times. But after the, after, after the Bulls won their fifth championship, and they were about to go to win the sixth championship, the NBA Change the rules. And what they did is that they focus on one guy, focus on Michael Jordan's image. They focus on his, his 
uh, era. They're, they're fixated on his looks. They're fixated on his swagger. They're fixated on his height. They're fixated on everything about him. Now, Hollywood does the same thing. They do the same thing with with uh, Mario Brando and 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 Brad Pitt and Elvis Presley. They they keep manufacturing people that look the same. So what I'm saying though, the NBA did the same thing with with uh, Michael Jordan. And if you actually look at Julius Irving and Michael, they don't look like each other. But they have very high cheekbones. They have very pronounced alpha male looks. So when Michael Jordan retired, they had to replace him with somebody. And that person that they replaced him with was Kobe Bryant. And if anyone's out there listening to this podcast, you, you'll know that Kobe Bryant copied Michael Jordan's every single move. So Kobe Bryant was basically... A Michael Jordan impersonator, or what I would call it, there are people out there who impersonate Elvis Presley. But Kobe imitated Michael to the last itty inch of what every move he did, even licking his lips or bending down or or tying his shoe or acting like Mike. Or he would even answer the questions like Mike, and everything was about him. All right. So, so here comes LeBron James, and LeBron James has an opportunity to play with Michael Jordan, but not in the NBA, but off court. Okay, so Michael knows he's gonna be the it child. Michael knows he's gonna be the king LeBron, and so they kind of mold LeBron James into the next Michael Jordan. And if you look at Le- if you look at Mike, if you look at LeBron James, he has the same thing. He has the cheekbones are about the same. He's a little taller than Michael Jordan, but his swagger, his image is built to be like Michael. His number is the same, 23. Uh, the way that he goes to to uh, dust off his hands before pregame or before the game starts with baby, with baby uh, uh, powder, Michael Jordan did that, and Kobe did that. So Michael did it, Kobe did it, and now LeBron does it. So the biggest problem with the NBA that they have is that they're trying to copycat. They're just trying to copycat the image of Michael Jordan. And when you do that, you're going to take away from from the game, from the other players who are participating in the sport. But what you're really doing is that you're making the NBA very boring for everyone else. The world doesn't need another Elvis Presley. The world does not need another Michael George. We just want another great athlete or another great singer who doesn't sound or look like someone that that he's trying to be like, okay? So there's my little rant about the NBA and what I thought about it. But, look, I think the NBA is a little dead. I think the NBA can do a lot of new things to the league. I think they should have a March Madness tournament idea. I don't think this traditional East and West is really working because it really doesn't mean anything because you can have the best record in the NBA and still not win the NBA the NBA finals. 
So why would you even care about the traditional playoff setting? I know it brought ratings in in the 80s, but remember the 80s were semi-boring. So the only thing that was on TV that was fun to watch was the NBA. So there you go, folks. That's my intake. Uh, hopefully you like this uh, podcast. I'm trying to uh, figure out how I'm going to address sports more or maybe my own personal life. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. But but if you like it, please give me a thumbs up. Please follow. Please tell other people about it. Uh, it's a new experience for me. Uh, I like to thank Buzzsprout for distributing my podcast. I like to thank uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify for putting my podcast or allowing me to put my podcast on that platform. Um, and uh, peace and love, and I'll talk to you all, cats, sometime later. And congratulations to Brooke Kopka. Uh, congratulations to to uh, Michael Black for uh, for qualifying for the uh, the PGA Championship in 2024. And uh, peace and love. I'm out of here.